Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Nat Yanides, who will talk us through the latest with the Tasmania bid. We'll discuss where or if a 20th licence will be approved. We'll discuss Jacob Wiedering and the fallout from being scammed. And we'll preview all the action from this weekend's footy. That's up next on Footy Talk. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Footy Talk, Friday, April 27. This is where you get all your daily dose of footy news, interviews, analysis from the world of AFL. Lee Montagna here and today I've got Nat Yanides. Nat, it's been plenty happening in the world of football. It's been a few days since we've really touched on some of the big topics. So I want to get straight into it and we'll start off the top with Tassie because that's the biggest story of the week. Uh, We're hearing that this weekend Anthony Albanese will be down in Tasmania and will announce and commit money to get this stadium built, which was going to be the final hurdle to having a 19th licence in Tasmania. Yeah, absolutely right. So, Tassie, the big story of the week. Everybody's talking about it. We're going to have a 19th team. We're expanding again. There's an argument to say that maybe we shouldn't be expanding again, given we're just getting used to having 18 teams really at the moment. And as we know, it's getting harder to win premierships as an Essendon supporter. I know that (laughs) it's getting very difficult to win a premiership and I'm starting to wonder when the next one's going to be coming, particularly if we have another the team, but there's so much to dissect with this. Obviously, we've had James Sicily during the week who said that he wouldn't move down there, and that's caused a bit of a stir, hasn't it? It certainly has. I mean, look, that is the initial view that why would any youngster move to Tasmania? But my view is as a footy head, and maybe it's a bit easier now that I'm older, but if I loved my footy and was obsessed and wanted to play AFL, well, why wouldn't you go to Tasmania if you got drafted there? Because it's a Tassie, it's a footy mad state. So people will love the footy, you can embrace it. Um, it's not like going to the Gold Coast where you have to flick through page nine, you know, of the sports section to get an AFL footy in. So, look, I think absolutely it can work. Um, I think that the AFL and the clubs will learn a lot from the Gold Coast and Giants expansions in regards to what works in regards to retention. So, how they set up facilities, um, living arrangements, all those sorts of things. Because I've heard and heard um, Alistair Clarkson talk about it, Geelong is the model. Geelong works. So, why does Geelong work? And, you know, and the, the Gold Coast sort of doesn't. So, um, look, it's going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about that. There are going to be some some obstacles, some challenges. But, look, I think it's exciting for the competition. We've got to continue to grow, continue to expand. And, Tassie, it's the final straw for the team to ever be set up in Tasmania, and we now get it. I think that if you're looking at the Gold Coast or GWS, so I was living in Sydney while GWS was being yep. established and really starting to, to find their way. The the Giants had a much better model than yes. what Gold Coast had. There's no question about that. All the boys lived together uh, out in Western Sydney, but still close enough to the city that it was, you know, you still had all the nightlife and all that kind of stuff. The problem with them was player retention, and that could be the issue with Tasmania. They could as you say, be young, enthusiastic kids who don't care where they go. They just want to play footy. But then keeping them once they get to that level, that Jeremy Cameron, Dylan Shield level, that's when it's struggled to sort of keep them interested. Will Tassie be big enough? Well, it depends on what keeping them interested in what way. So do you want to play, is it because you want to play for a big Melbourne club? Is it because you want to be in a footy state? So, you know, Western Sydney was more more because it wasn't really a footy state. So if you're a footy head, you want to be where all the action is, is my view. So, I mean, if we're, if we're referencing these kids going to play at these clubs because of nightlife, I mean, is that really what we're basing it on? Oh, there's no nightlife for them um, when they're professional athletes. So, look, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be plenty... 
to play out. What's Early it? success. That's what's going that's to. That's right. That's what's going to determine everything. I think for this Tasmanian side, we've seen what's happened on the Gold Coast. No offence to you know everyone that's working really hard up there to to get the club sorted, but it's at the moment been a failure. Yeah, I agree. And I think that they will learn again a lot from the Giants and Gold Coast. And I think when we see the players, how they're going to go about um, building a list, I think we're going to see a lot more, they're going to steer it a lot more to getting some mature players that are already already playing. So rather than just stocking up with 20 draft picks, because that was part of the reason with, I think, a lot of the retention for for these young, talented players to, to all leave. But if you can actually build a list that has players that are you know, been a few years in the system that can be more competitive straight away, tied in with elite young talent, some veterans, um, and build the club right and have everyone that actually wants to play for the club. Then the rest of the things about the state and how much there is to do on weekends and all that sort of stuff, I think will be a bit more of a lesser priority if they get the club right and the environment and the culture and a bit of a, a winning culture. So that, that for me, it'll be interesting to see, but that's where I head with it. It looks like they're saying Mitch Clear reporting 27, 28 might be the, the year that they come into the competition, but I want to ask you, Nat, a lot of talk about a 20th licence. What are you hearing or, you know, what are your thoughts about a 20th licence? Because then I'll throw something a bit different at you. Okay. Well, it's been mentioned that potentially we're going to get a 20th licence in Perth. That could happen and I could see that potentially happening. There's also been talk about it being in Darwin as well. I think it makes more sense to be in Perth. I don't see any benefit for the AFL to going to Darwin as a business model, the population, it's already an AFL state. Perth needs a third team. As It's big enough? It's 100% big enough. So there's just so much hunger for the footy over there. They've got the two sides and none of the media outlets over there can get access to either of them. So basically what's happening is they're tiptoeing around the Eagles. They're tiptoeing around Fremantle. If Adam Simpson was down in Melbourne, do you think he would have survived till now? Uh, Well, it'd be a lot harder for there'd be a lot more talk about him. I'd be very surprised if he was still in a job if he was coaching a Melbourne Mm. club. And I think it's because, I don't know, I really don't want to upset our friends in WA because I'm really, really good at that, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think the media's too scared to sort of go there with West Coast because they rule the roost. A third team could maybe provide a little bit more uh, content for everybody. So I've heard that about the media. Is that simply because if you, let's say, someone from the newspaper or a media outlet bags Adam Simpson, then all of a sudden at the West Coast Eagles bar that newspaper or that journalist or that media outlet from then um, attending press conferences or getting information and all those, and all of a sudden when it's a two-team town, if you do that as a media, as a journalist or a, um, a media personality, you've obviously you're hamstrung then what you can do from there. So that's part of what you're saying, what happens? 100%. Yeah. It's it's too hard. You can't get anybody offside. And also over there, a lot of the organisations pay for their talent. So yeah. they will speak to a certain player uh, once a week and then the other organisations aren't allowed to door. There's no such thing as a doorstop in, in WA. Mm. Forget that. That's not happening. Uh, that's a dying art. They just can't get that content because they, you just can't stand on anyone's toes. Maybe a third team helps it. Here's a different angle that I've just been thinking the last sort of 24 hours. Everyone is presuming, because it's 19 is an odd number and it doesn't work and all those sorts of things for, you know, extra games or whatever. Everyone's presuming 20. Do you think there's potential in seven, what are we, four, five, six, seven, eight years, that we still find a way to go back to 18, even oh. with Tasmania coming into the competition. I'd like to go back to 16. I think we've already got too many teams. Quality over quantity, you uh, think's We've better. got way too many teams. 
We've got what? Ten teams in Melbourne. Yeah, we've got ten teams in Victoria. Mm. We don't need ten teams in Victoria. Yeah. We don't. Mm. And I know that everybody wants to save the, you know, their clubs and all the, and I completely understand that. But if we're talking about the betterment of the competition, and I understand why people in South Australia and Western Australia still call it the VFL, because in a lot of ways, it, it still is. We are way too big at the moment and we're going to get bigger and I understand why but at the end of the day we're a sport that's basically only played in one country Mm. so we've just got to think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting chat and there'll be plenty more to play at particularly over the weekend when Anthony Albanese lobs in Tasmania. Yeah, absolutely right. So yeah, he's coming. He is expected to announce $240 million for that stadium. So it's going to be uh, yeah, great for Tasmania, great for footy. They've been waiting for a long time. So, you know, fingers crossed that all goes well. The other big story that we've been talking about in the last couple of days, poor Jacob Woidering. Yes. Getting scammed out of his life savings. It is an absolutely awful story. I was reading about, you know, the complexity of it um, and I can completely understand how it happens. And you know what? Good on him for coming out and saying that, you know, mm. sharing his story because if people aren't aware of it, then other people could potentially get, you know, caught up in something like this. Yeah, it is courage to speak up because, I mean, I even saw people that want to comment and say, oh, I would, that would never happen to me and all that sort of stuff. You're like, come on, people. Like, th- these are elaborate, a lot of people, and we probably all know someone who has been scammed by uh, these elaborate uh, con artists in, in all different forms, whether it's, um, you know, your personal details, your banking details. I almost got scammed from thinking I was getting Apple support to help me with my computer yeah, and yep, they logged into that. my logged into the computer and started um, trying to help me, I thought, until they started asking for details. It was like, well, why do you need my Apple ID account number and all these sorts of things? So you do start to go, oh, hang on a minute, um, and hopefully, you, you know, you get the red flags. But for some people, they're so elaborate that you just trust. And we are, you know, sometimes to our own detriment, we're too trusting as a, as a society. So everyone needs to be on their game. But, um, yeah, unfortunate for Jacob. Sad story, you know, losing so much of his, his life savings. But uh, great on him for speaking up. And then the other story that could potentially make waves over the weekend, footy fans hoping to go to the MCG, they might be turned back because now you have to prepay your tickets for parking. It's already a mess in there. Is this going to improve it or is this going to just make it 10 times worse? Because we know how the public transport runs in our town, particularly on Saturdays and Sundays. Is this going to reduce queues and convince more people to go to the footy? Well, hopefully. I mean, hopefully it does. Um, you just got to be more organised. You need to buy a ticket before you park Some rather than lobby. Some of us aren't organised, Well, then that's, then that's your problem because <laughs> I still have memories as a seven-year-old boy going to the footy Friday night game, my dad was driving in and, and for some reason we we're going to a neutral game. I was a Collingwood supporter, but he was taking me into – it's amazing the things you remember as a kid. Mm. I've got a shocking memory, but I remember this. I was a um, seven-year-old North Melbourne v Hawthorne. My dad said, we'll go and watch Friday night footy. We got stuck in traffic going into the MCG because it was banked up. The game had started. My dad cracked the shit and I remember him doing a U-turn over the nature strip and we drove home. And now that's stuck with me. So that must oh, be a traumatic experience for yeah. me as a kid to think because there was so much traffic around the MCG, CG. Can you we speak to a therapist <laughs> about that one? <laughs> That's what I'm doing now. now. You're my therapist. It's, oh, um, it's scarred me for life. So, yes, I think it's a better thing. Uh, be organised, buy a ticket, and uh, hopefully then it reduces the queues for everyone around the MCG and trying to get in. Why don't we take a little break? Because then we want to get stuck into the games this weekend. There's plenty of footy action happening, plenty of big games as well. So if you have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram or TikTok at Footy Talk Pod or on Footy Talk underscore pod. We'll be back to look at the footy action coming up next on Footy Talk. 
You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button or leave us a review. New episodes every day at lunchtime. We're here with Nat Yanides on this Friday. Nat, let's get into the footy action because it starts tonight. The big one. Yes. St Kilda, Port Adelaide, top of the table. Saints, they are flying. Port Adelaide, though, have won their last three. They are starting to look the goods as well. It's going to be a cracking contest. Yeah, really looking forward to this one. So uh, Mason Wood's going to play 100 games. He's been in cracking form. Amazing. How, can you believe no, I can't. the resurgence? No, I can't. Didn't think he was that much chop. He, uh, I wonder get a if game he thought he Melbourne. was. Uh, but Ross Lyon, that's what he does. He gets the best out of players, out of their potential, and he's been super important this year. Well, it's funny you mention that because Jack Steele spoke about Ross Lyon and the standards that he drives. Let's have a listen. But the way Ross has sort of come in and put us to work over the preseason, got us running pretty hard. Preseason was bloody tough. It's probably one of the hardest I've ever ever had to do in my time in footy. The education piece as well, that's the biggest thing for me. He sort of walks into a meeting and you don't know what he's going to ask you, whether it's going to be about the last meeting we went through. He can sort of throw anything at you. So you need to be ready. You really need to know stuff. So a lot of us will sort of sit in there and have our, our booklets and, and writing notes and whatnot. Um, so I feel like he's really been holding us accountable with, with knowing our game plan. Joey, you know Ross better than anybody. Given the way that the Saints have turned things around so quickly, are you surprised given the kind of personality he is and the, the footy brain that he's got? Yeah, no, I'm not. And the footy brain's one side of it, Nat, but what he does so well, and Jack touched on it there, is he sets a standard of um, elite performance and professionalism that they're only little things, but they make such a massive difference. So Jack Steele mentioned then about going into a meeting and they will have to know what last meeting was or have everything written down and know the game plan so that if they get asked on the spot, they can have the answers. Where in previous times with other coaches, when uh, when I was at St Kilda, players would walk into a meeting, they'd sit, they'd listen, they'd be brain dead, they'd walk out and they'd forget what they were told. So they're just little things that Ross demands of them and will challenge them to make sure that they know the answers. I think Jack Steele also spoke about him and Seb Ross being asked to lose weight over the offseason, not because they were fat, but just so they could cover more ground. Um, he's a stickler for those things, Ross, you know, time trials and skin folds, just the little things that he attention to detail that make a big difference around your mindset, how you approach your football, what you choose. So he used to talk about indulgence versus discipline. You open the fridge, do you go for the chocolate or do you go for the water? Like the little things that he he gets them, but it, it trains the brain to, to choose the hard path, the, the easy path. And I always used to get in trouble for my skin folds. Nat, he always used to just walk past me and go, oh, you've been to Nonna's again, have you? If my skin folds were a bit high, but um, no, Rossi's got him. Got them going really well. They should be pumped with how they're travelling. Yeah, I think so too. I, I love Cuddly Ross. Cuddly Ross is my new favourite. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to last though. Can it last the whole season is what I want to know. He's promising it will even when they start losing. Time will tell but um, he's very lucky that he wanted to be a bit more of a, a sort of um, mentor coach at Fremantle. He's been able to do it at St Kilda because he's got the assistants that he trusts and that, that are very good assistants. So he can sort of oversee the program a bit more um, and not get sort of, as he calls into the weeds where he gets caught up in every meeting and, and every decision. He lets the others do it and they've been flourishing. So uh, that's great for them. But they're coming up against a Port Adelaide team who are in form and one of their former greats, Graham Corns, had a couple of interesting things to say. I love this. I love this from Corns. He, he's come out and said that um, there's a Victorian bias that's contributing to Adelaide clubs getting a bad run with the umpires. So I think Port's given away the most free kicks so far this season and Adelaide's not too far behind. <laughs> 
Come on, Cornsy. Hey, we play, Rui and I on Tuesdays, uh, footy talk now. We play real talk, shit talk. This is as big a shit talk as I've ever heard. Come on, Cornsy. I love the uh, South Australian passion, but for him to say there's a Victorian bias with umpiring, that's ridiculous. I mean, I think for how many years did we bang on about the West Coast Eagles and the free kick differential at their home ground? We called it the noise of affirmation. Yes. So, I mean, very quickly we've forgotten about those things, um, but no, that's certainly not the case and uh, it'll be a great game. I think St Kilda, if they continue to play the way they have, should get the job done. But I like Port Adelaide as a club. Two really good coaches. I rate Ken Hinckley as well, so so they're doing a pretty good job. I'm looking forward to seeing how Port go because I want them to do well because this is pretty much Ken's last chance, isn't it, to really get them to push towards that top four. Yep. Um, So I'm really looking forward to to seeing how this one plays out. Uh, A couple of other games that are going on this weekend. Uh, Collingwood's taking on Adelaide. We're going to talk about all our Adelaide games. Uh, Pendleton's in a bit of doubt at the moment. He copped an eye injury. We spoke to him yesterday. That looked ugly, didn't it? wasn't wasn't nice. Came into came into the club yesterday with the aviator sunglasses on, uh, looking very cool. But it meant is we, he going to do a Mason Cox style and wear sunnies in the game? Well, I don't know if he'll be able to wear those particular ones, yeah, okay. but that might not be a bad idea actually. Yeah. He said there's a lot of bruising. It's still quite sore, so he's going to wait and see probably a couple of days to see how that uh, settles down. But they do get Taylor Adams back from. Yep. Suspension. Nathan Murphy's also back from concussion. So a couple of ins for the Pies. Great to have Murphy down back because they have been a little bit short there. Uh, and for the Crows, Rory Laird's in doubt because he uh, suffered a bit of a tight calf at training yesterday, left the track early. So that's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out. Yep, it certainly will be. Oh, I think that's a cracking game. Does Ben Keys tag Nick Dacos? All eyes are going to be on Nick Dacos. What a freak he is. So that's going to be oh. fascinating. 50-50 game on that one. I probably lean towards Adelaide because of the home ground advantage and Collingwood off the short break, but never doubt the Pies. Uh, the Bombers and Cats game will be a good one as well. Uh, they get Zachy Merritt back. Uh, great to see where Geelong are at. I'm still not sort of completely back on the bandwagon that they're the premiership favourites. Um, they've had a sort of a couple of really good wins, but against sort of undermanned teams. So I want to see them against a the Bombers side that are playing great footy. Carlton's an interesting one too, going over to the West, the Perth to play the West Coast Eagles. Everyone sort of expects them. Uh, just to win that game. But I did the West Coast-Port Adelaide game, and West Coast were pretty good uh, in, in a lot of areas of the game. They're just lacking, besides Tom Barras, another key defender to help with Charlie Kerno and Harry Mackay, who's struggling for a bit of form. We need to talk about poor Harry. He's been copying it from left, right and centre at the moment. He's kicked nine goals, eight, I think, to start the season. Ends up that it was revealed on this very podcast yesterday he turned down some advice from Brendan Favola. Let's mm. have a listen to what Fev had to say. I actually went to Teague a couple of years ago when Teague was the coach and um, I said to him, hey, mate, if you want, I'd love to come down and just have some goal kicking yep. with Harry and just not teach him how to kick but, you know, help him. Because when I played footy, I had the great Brian Taylor call me up yep. and he said, mate, I'd love to do some goal kicking with you. BT didn't really want anyone to know about it, but he wasn't teaching me how to kick. He just wanted to talk some things through that he thought I may adapt to my goal kicking, which I did. So I said that to Tegi. I said, oh, mate, do you want me to come down and just have a chat? Just, you know, have a kicking session with him. Might lead to nothing, but it might help him. And I got the no. Tegi said yes. He asked Harry. And Harry Harry said, said, I'm okay. And then he went on to win the Coleman. 
So there you go. No bueno. Doesn't you know want any help. I don't mind that. I don't mind it because we spoke to Nick Rewalt about this issue on Tuesday who also went through a, a little phase where he struggled with goal kicking. And he thinks it's, it's as much mental as it is with your technique because he goes, I'm sure at training Harry Mackay is kicking goals. And he, we've seen him kick goals in the past. So it's more a mental thing and a confidence thing with him. So as much as Fev is one of the best exponents of the drop punt, it, it's it, it's different. So I don't mind it. Um, he's got to find his belief and confidence in himself that he that he's a good kick for goal, that he wants to have those moments. Because I should have said, when I said he was out of form, he's actually playing some pretty good footy. He took 14 marks on the weekend. Yeah. So he's he's doing a lot right. It's the goal-kicking element that he's letting him down. If he can find that more from a mental point of view, then that'll make a big difference, not only to his form, but the form of the Blues. The fact that he wants to snap, that his immediate thought is to try and snap the ball instead of going back for a drop punt, is that a sign of a lack of confidence in that? Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, there is. But if and but he was a very good snapper. So now even his snapping's gone a bit awry, which is which is the concern. So as I said, he it's more of a confidence thing for him. So looking forward to seeing them bounce back against a West Coast Eagles side who will be hard to beat at home. Yeah, absolutely right. The Tigers, they're in action as well. Hang Gold on. Coast, yeah. They've got yep. the Suns. They should take care of business. I'm, I'm still not jumping off Richmond. They've, they've left themselves with uh, not much room to move, but I like them. And the Dogs, quick one against the Hawks, Marcus Bonson-Pally. Well done to him on game 200. That should be uh, a performance for him. He's, he's in, I reckon he's playing the best footy of his career, which is a big statement considering how well he's gone. But uh, he's leading the Bulldogs back up the ladder as well. Yeah, Bailey Smith back for that one. Livers out with concussion. Hawks have got a whole army of players coming back. Uh, Mitch Lewis is back. He's going to play his first game of the season after that knee injury. Will Day is also back. And they've got a couple of debutants as well in Weddle and Ramsden. So a uh, big one for the Hawks after a couple of close losses. Yeah, he's, Sam Mitchell is just rotating the kids, giving them all opportunity, giving them all exposure and uh, and playing the long game. So Good luck to him, but well done. Thank you, Nat, for the news update. There's another big weekend of footy. Of course, tomorrow I'll be with Jay-Z to preview the weekend's footy, but also look at tonight's game and sum up how Port Adelaide and St Kilda went. I am going to the footy as a bit of a fan tonight, so Ooh. sit in the out and have a couple of beers and hopefully pie? watch the Sainers have a win. Uh, I'm sitting behind the glass. You've got invited to the President's Dinner. Oh, so oh, yeah, so oh, okay. hopefully it's a, a good it. night. So looking forward to that. I uh, hope you enjoyed today's edition of Footy Talk, and we'll do it all again tomorrow. Listener.